story brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. It's another great week. I'm your guest host, Sean McKenzie. So pleased to be able to bring in another speaker, another author to you, and somebody I think is just going to lighten up your day and give you a word of encouragement and also some skills that maybe you need. It's Deneen TB. And Deneen, thank you very much for joining us on Refuge Freedom Stories. I am so happy to be here. This is going to be an exciting talk, and I just can't wait to dig into what the Spirit wants to tell us tonight. <laughs> exactly. Well, the cool thing about this, we turned it from a radio show to a podcast, and we're on both. But the beautiful thing is God can move in so many different ways. So we usually like to talk a a little bit up front just about that journey of faith, because some of our listeners are still wrestling with that and and Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what faith means to them. So how would you answer that? What, What does faith mean to you and on your journey? Well, faith for me is the fact that I have totally surrendered everything, every part of my life. God. And the journey actually started really early because I'm a, I don't know what you call it when they say you got thrown on the pew at you know, as soon as you're born kind of thing. I have always been in church, but my church life and my family life were two very different things. My father did not go to church. My mother and father had a lot of problems. They were very young. And so the things I was learning at church was very confusing about how to apply that in my life. And so I spent a lot of time at church just doing church stuff. And I was in a denomination that you could lose your salvation. So therefore I went to the altar a lot. And hey. so I must have been, I must have received Christ at some point at one of the 47 times I went down to the altar. That's what I always say. I went yeah. to camps during the summer. I volunteered. I was head in our, in our teens and I actually went to a Christian college and I went on a mission trip. I always felt like I was supposed to be a missionary, went on a mission trip during college and decided that I wanted to walk away from God. I was like, I'm done. I'm there. This is not doing it for God. We're doing this for the church. And it took me from then until after I was married and had my first child to really turn around and say, okay, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing because he didn't let me go that whole time. I was feel guilty. I'd go back to church. I'd leave again. I'd do all these things. I dragged my husband, all of these things. When I came back to God, when I really turned around and said, everything is yours, Lord, I realized I was married to a non-believer and that thing I thought I was supposed to do with my life, become a missionary, was not going to happen. And so for a long time, I said, well, God, now what do I do? I have this small child. I'm having another child. I'm going to church. My husband's not going to church. And we moved right after I had my, my second child from Chicago up here to Michigan. And I remember praying to God and saying, you know, God, I just want my husband to go to church. And we came here and my husband decided that he was going to go to church with me. And he became a believer after 12 years of marriage. Fast forward to a new church and my husband's from South America. So he speaks Spanish. I speak Spanish. And we were new in the church and I wanted to audition for the drama. So I said, honey, I have to go audition for this drama. Will you go to that meeting about that mission trip they're going to have? I want to go on that mission trip because it's going to Ecuador. And he said, okay, I'll just go pick up the materials. Well, of course, the pastor found out that he was a Spanish speaker. And then he said, you know, maybe you and your wife should come on this trip. And my husband and I are on the airplane because he got convinced. (laughs) We're on the airplane to Ecuador. And he goes, I don't know why I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? 
And we got there and we did some translation work and we're standing on the top of a building where a pastor has just given his vision about all these churches on all these hills. And he whispers in my ear, you know, we could do a lot of good work if we come back here. And I was like, what? I was like, praise God. Yeah. God, what are you doing? This is like full circle. Something I thought of as like 14, 15 year old. And, and I thought I messed up God's plan, but we never mess up God's plan right? We just go about the way we're supposed to go about it. Because I had settled for, well, I'm just going to teach Spanish to all these homeschool kids, and they're going to be the ones that go and become missionaries. I'm not going to become a missionary. And then this happened. So we trained to be missionaries, but that's not the plan God had for us. We were in, I don't know if everyone who's listening probably doesn't know, but there's a place here in Michigan called Pontiac, and it's very a very depressed area. And we ended up helping in a trailer park the 95% Hispanic population for over, I would say over six to eight years of school years. And we were doing work with the community. We were doing work with immigration and we were also tutoring. And I was kind of head of the tutoring since I do have a teaching background. And so that's what we ended up doing. And it wasn't that we missed going to the mission field. Our mission field was like right here. And so I just walked into the next thing, the next thing, and the next thing. Now, over the course of all those years, we also went to Ecuador with all of our teens. I've gotten the privilege of being able to create dramas and all the creative stuff I love to do. And now God has me working with Christian business women, really going out into the marketplace. And I have just been kind of dedicated to, okay, God, what's the next thing? And I remember every time it feels new, it feels different. God says, do you trust me? And I remember going into this new realm of business because I'd never been a business person. I felt like I was standing on the edge of a cliff and there was a huge canyon in front of me, like the Grand Canyon. And I thought, okay, Lord, what am I supposed to do now? Am I supposed to just throw myself off of this or what? And he goes, take the first step. And that's how it's always been. And when I took that first step, I felt that rock just come right up and hit my foot. And now I trust it so much that I just kind of keep running across that big expanse and knowing that whatever I need is going to happen, it's going to hit my foot and I'm going to be supported. So for me, my salvation came kind of slow, kind of arduously, and we might want to get more into that. But I really, since the time that I recommitted and really turned my life around in my late 20s, I have been just on fire for whatever God wants to do next in my life. I think it's so important for people to hear is the key that, that I just heard you say is sometimes we think we've messed up the plan, but in your teaching to the business community and, and the new upcoming business leaders, it's also the same that we can teach to people who are coming out of you know situations where they never thought they'd be in. God has designed you to show up wherever you are, you know, full throttle, holy and authentic. And he wants to take away guilt and shame is, is what I read in, in some of your information. I was going to say, unpack- you're saying my words there. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm lo- I, no, I'm loving it because it was like, when I read that, it was like, this is so powerful of how it, it's not just for the business community. So we're talking to teens and we're talking to young adults and maybe older folks who are listening to who thought that, you know what, they messed up God's plan, but they haven't. No, they haven't. And the thing is, is that no matter what stage of life you are in, you are never done. We don't get to retire. We get to refire. We may refire one, seven, 12 times. We don't know. But I believe that every experience and every expertise and 
everything that you have picked up along the way is part of God's equipping for you for the next thing that he has for you. We're not done. We just need to keep going. Sometimes we need to stop and figure out what is it that I do have? Because I think a lot of times, at least in my experience of being in the Christian world, most of my life, we can get beat down as far as, well, you should do this and you should do that and you should do that. And we have to stop kind of doing that shoulding all over ourselves because God calls each of us to something very unique and we have to represent him no matter where we are. Our biggest command, the, the thing we're supposed to be doing is telling people about Jesus, making disciples, no matter if you get to do that in your home, if you get to do that in your job, in your profession, if you get to do that as a minister in the church or a director in the church, or if you get to do that as your own business owner, wherever you are, the first thing that you should be thinking about is how do I create relationships with people so that I can have the opportunity to share Christ? It's not about standing on the corner on your soapbox going, you need Jesus and waving your Bible around. It's really about you investing the lives of other people so that they know, what is that saying? They don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so we need to, as believers, just dig down into a couple of relationships at a time. I have this thing that I teach everyone. I say, who are your five? And I I think I picked this up at a mission conference or evangelistic conference or something like that, but I grabbed it. I loved it. Who are your five? Ask God to really bring before you five people that you can just start to pray for. People in your life that do not know Christ. And maybe it's a family member, friend, maybe it's a coworker or something like that. And just start praying for them. And then ask God, who should I dive into? Dig a little bit deeper, have a deeper relationship with first. Just one or two of those people and really have them become friends. Because once they become friends, they're seeing your life. You're talking, if you don't talk about Jesus, then what are you doing? If that's part of your life, no one can take away from your experience. No one can take that away from you. I know a lot of times people in the corporate world say, well, we can't talk about God in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, if you have done something that helps you and it happens to you say, God, you could probably say that to the one person that you're in relationship with at the office. And so those are the types of things that we need to look for opportunities for. And I think a lot of times people think that if they don't have a huge, big platform, then they really don't have the responsibility of telling others about Jesus. And guess what? They're wrong. That's right, because we all do. And I love how you talked about where you and your husband got to be serving together in Pontiac, Michigan. Well, I'm telling you, all across Canada and all over the world, we all have little places. I know I'm in London, Ontario, and we have a downtown core that we see the people that the world has forgotten. But you know what? God hasn't forgotten them. So sometimes he's calling us to remember, hey, there are people that I want you to be equipped for. He doesn't say, you know how to do what you're going to do. I'm pretty sure you and your husband, when you started out, you probably didn't think you had it all together, but God equipped you along the way to be able to meet the needs of those people and And that's really one of the beautiful things. We don't have to have it all together because he's going to equip us along the way. Oh, definitely. And then that's the beauty of spiritual gifts as well, because we can think that our spiritual gifts are very much related to our natural talents because God has given us those natural talents. And so something like administration, which I always say, I have the like most non-spiritual spiritual gifts ever because I've got, you know, administration, teaching, 
I don't have like encouragement. I don't have like, like faith or mercy or any of those. I have those, those practical ones. But the thing is, is that I remember when for a few years I had been writing and directing our Christmas productions at my church and I go to a pretty big church. And so it was like 10,000 people would come over the course of the, the two weekends. And I remember taking a spiritual gifts assessment at that time and leadership came to the top. Again, not very spiritual, probably, but leadership came to the top and it had never been in my top five, so to speak. And exactly when I needed that, not that I wasn't a leader already, but God needed to show me that I was the leader for this particular project. Now it ebbs and flows. It's not always the same, but I love that if God has called you to do something, I know that he has done a lot in your life to equip you. That's one of the things that I do with Christian businesswomen. My program is designed to help them see how God has put them together, whether it's their personality traits, their leadership strengths, we do their experiences, the expertise that they have, even if it's not a certificate, but something that they've done over and over again, and especially the talents and the values that God has given them along with their spiritual gifts. And it's so that they can see that, wow, I've done this in so many areas of my life because we don't always see that. We're like the Israelites. We just keep forgetting everything that you know God's already purposed for us and already done for us. And yep. we keep complaining that I don't, I'm not equipped to do the next thing. Well, I believe that you are equipped. If you just go back and take a few minutes, take some time to really look through what has God brought you through in your life so that you say, hmm, I have this and this. I may need this. God's going to provide whatever I don't think I have, but you can have confidence that he's equipped you, right? I mean, oh, yes. Yes. I'm so thankful there are people in this world like you, Deneen, who have the gift of administration and leadership, because every time I do the spiritual tests, it's number one, I'm a shepherd. And number two, I'm an evangelist. But without leaders and without people who know how to do the administration, well, I'd be lost. So but I'd like to go dig in a little bit deeper to that gift of being the missionary. But then he's also called you into a new area that you thought you'd never be in. You were an author and a speaker, but now he's helping you. I love this line in your bio. It says clarity coach. So let's talk a little bit about that. How do you help people who are struggling or trying to figure out how they bring God to the marketplace and help them with the clarity to, to figure that out? I do work with business owners and entrepreneurs for the most part. And so what has happened, we know there's a grand exodus also of the corporate world for that since the pandemic. But what I do again is, well, I help women. And this is the thing with Christian business women or Christian women in general. We think we have to do all the things all at the same time, you know, and Ephesians 2.10 is kind of my anchor verse, right? And it says, you are God's masterpiece created anew in Christ Jesus to do the good works or the good things that he planned for you long ago. Well, he didn't plan everything for you to do all at the same time. So I've got Christian businesswomen that have a lot of ideas of where they could go in their business because they are very talented. They have done a lot of things in their lives and they just don't have any kind of clarity of what should I do? Or they're doing like four different kinds of businesses and nobody really knows what they're doing every week. They seem to be doing something different or they go... Oh, you know, I have this business, but I need to also have like a, a nonprofit because that's my give back because they're not understanding how they can serve God through serving their clients. So all these pieces of their clarity, I call my way of doing things, my mosaic masterpiece model. 
And it's really taking all of those mosaic pieces of your life and bringing them all together to create the beautiful mosaic of the business that God wants for you to get clarity on what pieces need to come in. Not everything that happened to you needs to come into what you're doing next. You don't have to be doing all the things, like I said, all the time. There's a step-by-step process. And it doesn't matter if some of the pieces of your life are ugly. It doesn't matter if trauma happened to you, because if you look at each piece of the mosaic, it's called a tessera. And you can look at a tessera and that individual piece, and you can see that it might be jagged and dull and kind of like bumpy, and it's not very pretty. But when you put all the pieces, the tesserae together in a mosaic, it creates something totally beautiful. And I always like to say that the best part is that it is for us as believers, it's like God is taking all those pieces and putting them in a tumbler and kind of shining them up and smoothing out the rough edges and transforming us to make that mosaic even pop more. One of the things that I read on, uh, I, I believe it was your bio, it says, you want to take the guilt away and grow faith. But sometimes people think, well, I just got to focus on my business. But faith and business can work hand in hand. Sometimes we forget that. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I have been working with Christian business women for over 10 years now. It started, this is so funny. I come out of teaching and I was selling Christian products. And I said to God, and I asked God, I said, you know what? I need to think of an idea because all these women that are at these parties, they have to call their husbands to spend $40. Who has their own money? Which Christian women have their own money? And it came to me, Christian business women. And because I was in education for so long, I didn't really think about this before. So I found a group and I started a networking group for Christian business women. So I guess that leadership popped up again. So I started it, but mostly because I wanted to have my ideal clients in front of me all the time. So I started a networking group for Christian business women. And what I really found out in working with them is that they did have a lot of guilt. They had guilt about not being able to get to church as much as they thought they should because they were busy. They felt guilty about missing opportunities to serve at church because they were just too tired or they were away for the weekend. I had some that were single parents that were like, I have to spend time with my kids and those kinds of things. And they felt so guilty. Oh, I should go volunteer at the nursery or I should go be a greeter. And I always want to say, I just want to wipe it right off their shoulders. And I want to say, you know what, if God's got you in business, you can serve him right there where you are. And they need to figure that out. And it's been a long time coming. I used to say I connect faith and business. And I used to put my hands up like a little eight or infinity sign. And, and that was a long time ago. You might see that on some of my videos. I don't know. But I, I, I really want people to understand that you represent Christ wherever you are. You're not compartmentalized. I think that's the biggest thing for Christian business women is to kind of blend it together. I have a friend who comes it, the fabric, the, you know, everything is, I feel like there's this silky fabric and you're just rolling along and everything comes together. And that's how we should see our whole life. You should always show up whole, holy and authentic, whether you're in the boardroom, at the PTA meeting, at the church, you know, cook off <laughs> or the volunteer opportunity, or if you're just at home with your children, you should always be that same person talking the same way. I just don't think that 
it's too hard to compartmentalize. It's too difficult to be able to keep all of that separate. It certainly is. And we've only got a few minutes left. As I hear you, I hear an encourager in you. you you've been encouraging women, but for, for, for our listeners who are going, ah, you know what? I've tried this and I failed. I tried this and I failed. I love the line. We didn't fail if we get back up. What would you say to the person who's feeling like, you know what? I, I don't know if I have it in me to try again. I totally believe that God brings resources. He brings people. He brings the next thing that you need. And I don't feel like anything is a failure. It is a learning opportunity. Very quickly, I can tell you during the course of this journey of having the networking group, I felt very impressed from by God to have a place of my own, a location where my women could meet. And I fought him for a long time. I tried churches, I tried other locations, places I could buy, you know, rent and all this thing. And finally I said, okay, Lord, I'm just going to surrender. And I rented a space, 1400 square feet, two floors, did all the research. My friends were going to use it. I was going to rent it out. I was going to do my workshops. I was going to have my group there. Everything was going to be beautiful. After 18 months, it failed. My husband said, I don't think you can do this anymore. And I said, I think you're right. I'm in debt a lot. And I had to close it. And I remember at the, that was the end of 2016. And I was very sad. It was around November and I was kind of sulking, but God had something very beautiful that came out of that because I was so busy working that, that I didn't have time to do what I really had been in my heart for a long time. And that was to write a book. And so in 2017, I wrote a book and it was published at the top of 2018. And it wasn't the book I thought was going to be the first book. But if I hadn't failed in doing the business and educational center, if I hadn't trusted God with whatever it was that I was supposed to do, I wasn't wrong that I didn't, I didn't hear God wrong, but I just had to pivot. I just had to say, what's next, Lord? And it was to write the book. And now, even with the pandemic, you know, I had just stopped doing my local networking group and had brought it online in 2019, just before the pandemic hit. That was God's provision. He already knew that I was going to be using Zoom before everybody else and all of those things. And it wasn't a failure. It was time for me to say, okay, what's the new iteration of what I've been doing? Because out of my book is what came my Calling Clarity program. I had been doing it with retreats. I had been doing it in all these different ways, but it, it never was a failure. It was always a learning experience. And now it is beautiful. It's all online. My husband's going to be retiring in a few years and I'm able to now do this work that God has me doing right now from anywhere in the world because I was willing to pivot. I was willing to say, okay, God, what's next? And I was willing to take that step. So failure is a learning opportunity. It certainly is. And sometimes we have to learn by we fail spectacularly. I've been drugged down many times by myself. I don't blame anyone else because praise God, it was me. I did it. God didn't do it. I did it. I, I was the one who was uh, picking myself up with a, a few good learning lessons too. Deneen, our time has come to an end. I think you and I could talk for another hour. It has Probably. been an absolute <laughs> pleasure. Deneen TB joining us here on Refuge Freedom Stories. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for joining us today. Well, thank you so much. It has been my privilege.
you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.